So USC takes on Cal this week for homecoming. And California is one in five under head coach Justin Wilcox versus AP top 10 teams. Check the polls, Justin. USC is number nine in the AP and the CFP. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I am your host, Mark Hulkin, and thanks for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you'd like to download your podcast, we are free. And I want to thank you so much for coming along for the ride. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you are watching on YouTube, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button. And if you already have, thank you so much. It really means a lot. <clears throat> and again, I mentioned wherever you download your podcast, you can uh, you can listen to this show for free. All right. So I was at a... USC football practice, pardon me, on uh, Tuesday uh, Tuesday morning. It was a nice day. Um, you could tell falls in the air, kind of crisp, 60, you know, low 60s, sun's just coming up. Um, time's changing so far out here on the West Coast. And uh, felt like it was a little bit of a low energy, at least when the guys were coming out to practice, heading over to Howard Jones Field. Um, However, once some of the uh, strength and conditioning staff get out there, um, they kind of turn up the volume, so to speak. And I'm not sure who it is. It's always the same voice, but uh, you just hear this really loud, hell yeah. And then all of a sudden, I I think everybody's switch kind of turns on and uh, things kind of get going. Uh, So I'll I'll talk about what I saw during, uh, during practice here. Uh, first, which isn't a whole lot, so I, I you know just want to get that out of the way. Um, Coach Riley is making life. Uh, he likes to keep his uh, keep his cards close to the vest. So uh, until he trusts the people in his foxhole, uh, the media is only going to see a very limited amount of practice, especially with USC now. Uh, you know, seven and one. Got four more regular season games to go, and um, they're right in the thick of the uh, college football playoff hunt. So, I I understand where he's coming from, and I, I don't even think he anticipated the team being where they are right now. As a coach, I'll say, of course he did, but it's a hard sell. Nevertheless, USC is in the heart of it. They the first playoff poll came out. We'll get into that later. Uh, they were number nine. So what do I see? Um, you get to watch the players coming into practice. And when we actually do come in, when we're actually invited into the practice, uh, the very first, I guess, position groups that you're going to see are uh, Coach Luke Heward. He's working with the punt returners. And you've got running back coach Kyle McDonald. He's working with the kick returners. Well, today, um, both groups uh, had two guys available, or at least two guys that were working, uh, receiving punts and uh, retrieving kickoffs. So with on, with the punt team, you had Michael Jackson the third, and um, 
oh gosh, I should probably get my notepad. I don't have it near me. Yes, I do, right here. Um, kickoffs, it was uh, Taj Washington and Rayleigh Brown. But the punt return, since I have it here, Terrell Bynum was the second guy with Michael Jackson. That's why the name was escaping me. Um, I haven't, we haven't watched Terrell re return a punt this year. And uh, he's usually part of that group when the, the group is whole uh, at practice. So I apologize, Terrell. wasn't wasn't because I wasn't uh, trying to disrespect you. Again, Tuesday, full practice. Uh, they go full pads on Tuesday and Wednesday. They go into shells. Same thing on Thursday. But Lincoln Riley made a point of mentioning this after practice. Um, look, uh, they've been going. This has been their routine all season. They're not going to change it up now. And even when you consider, you know, how physical their practices are and uh, how, you know, how the injuries are starting to, you know, pile up, uh, they, they have no intention of changing things. And in fact, the players don't even think twice about it. Uh, they look forward to it. I think that's a little bit of coach speak. I, I would imagine, you know, I played high school football a long, long time ago, and I was never even at close to the level of these guys. Um, the end of the year, you, you hurt. There's bumps, there's bruises, you know, aches and pains. So yeah, they look forward to getting better in the development, but uh, the physical practices, we don't get to see the, the majority of it. So they might dial it back a little bit. But um, based on the bye week, I, I I don't think they are dialing it back. <laughs> so we'll just let it, we'll let Lincoln Riley keep running his magic that he's going doing so far. Um. Uh, The other thing we see once they uh, once they break away from from their initial uh, position group, they go into their strength and conditioning. The whole team gets down there, and uh, today they were kind of. It looked like they added a little bit of core uh, uh, core stretching. So um, you know where you get your hands above your head, and you kind of do those deep knee lunges. And you're twisting. Um, They've done that before during the season. It looked like they were really emphasizing that a little bit today, at least on the uh, during today's skip and stretch session. And then we also got to see some of the defense do their uh, do their work against the Cal offense, scout offense, I guess, where the uh, USC players simulate it. And uh, you know, it's it's hard to tell because you don't know if they've gone over it in the film room or if they're just trying to throw something out there at the at the uh, defense to see if they could recognize. Um, but there was a couple of plays, and you can kind of tell by Alex Grinch's body language, he wasn't too happy uh, with the results because, uh, now remember, number one, Gary Bryant Jr. is running a wide receiver for scout team this year. Uh, he's redshirting, and everybody, I'll just keep reminding everybody, everybody's assuming he's going to be jumping the transfer portal uh, at the end of the season. Uh, so he's still, still around helping the team though. And you're not going to find a better receiver anywhere in this country running scout. And then also there was a nice, uh, nice tight end reception down the middle of the field. Um, that again, Alex coach, Alex Grinch wasn't too happy with the results he was seeing. So he gathered the defense up again, had a real quick chat, little regroup session, so to speak. Guys came back out, 
They ran a few more plays, and the defense was, uh, they had their assignments down, best way to put it. Uh, Sierra Wright, he was running step for step with GB1, uh, running deep towards the corner pylon, so that was cool to see. And uh, Max Williams also uh, had an interception immediately after the uh, the group talk with their defensive coordinator and position coach. Don't forget, uh, Grinch does coach the uh, the safeties and works with Dante Williams in the secondary. Dante handles the cornerbacks. Alex handles the safeties. So uh, his eyes are always on that group. So that's pretty much what we get to see before we're asked to leave. Um, Again, and it's, our sessions are even getting shorter from what I understand. I wasn't there last week, and uh, I was told that the uh, the media, the, you know, the amount of members of the media who show up, it, the numbers are thinning out. Today, um, you know, probably about 10 minutes before they let us in, there was just two of us. It was me and uh, uh, Jeff from Trojansports.com, the Rivals Network. Uh, really good site over there with Ryan Young, by the way. And uh, so Jeff and I were talking about it. We were standing there by ourselves when Lincoln Riley came out. And I even, I think it even took Lincoln by surprise. He did a quick double take and saw just Jeff and I standing there. He goes, hey, what's up, guys? Typically, Lincoln doesn't offer any good morning or any type of platitudes. He just focused, couldn't write to practice. So, uh, hey, for being there, right? All right, so let's get into... Uh, Lincoln Riley and what he talked about after practice. Um, by the way, Rehab Island, um, I guess we'll call this the update from uh, Dr. Day-to-Day Riley. Again, he's not going to mention any names uh, individually, specifically, um, but when he got behind the microphone, that's the first thing he did was address uh, the injury situation. So he said, we are doing better. Everybody participated today, but not in a full manner. We got a lot of guys who are making a lot of progress. Uh, we've got a lot of guys who will be close for the game. My gut feeling is that we'll probably end up getting a few of them back. Maybe not all, but a few, uh, but very good progress. I don't know if it would. Def- I don't know if I would definitively say that anybody is for sure in, and I'm certainly not in a position to say that anybody for sure is out right now. End quote. So. With that being said, like I said, he's just going to stick with his day-to-day philosophy. Um, any of the players that who did not play against Arizona, yeah, I'm just not going to go there. Don't want to get in trouble. Um, so what Lincoln Riley did, uh, he, he kind of echoed my sentiments. You know, you might have meant, remember last week I on one of the episodes I talked about how if uh, actually, I talked about it uh, after the game on, on Locked on USC. How without Jordan Addison and without Mario Williams available, uh, Caleb Williams was able to focus on spreading the ball around more easily, you know, not having to worry about who's on the field. Just, you know, snap the ball, run the play, and, you know, run the play, execute. And so uh, Lincoln Riley also talked about that. Basically echoed my same the same comments that I had made. He said, "Quote: Sometimes guys play their very best because they quit worrying about who was out on the field and they just run the offense. 
Uh, Caleb Williams did a good job of that. If you look at how the targets were spaced out, a lot of guys got opportunities, and obviously a lot of them stepped up. I think it's a good lesson for Williams, regardless of who's in there. An offensive system runs best when it's going where it needs to go, end quote. So thoroughly agree. Um, the, the other thing that was, a, that was emphasized after, after practice was the, uh, the play of um, Mason Murphy at right tackle. And Lincoln wanted to credit uh, Murphy for his competitiveness. And, but he also, you know, he, he gave a lot of praise to the whole position room, you know, the, the offensive line group as a whole, um, you know, because, you know, Mason is surrounded by a, a veteran offensive line. Um, that, that group has something like 145 games com, you know, played between them combined. So it's not like uh, he didn't have people to lean on. So, quote, he was ready to go. He was in there and he competed. Um, some guys rise up on game day. Some guys cower down a little bit. But the moment for him certainly wasn't too big, end quote. Um, he's, he, he went on. He's in a great room for a young, inexperienced guy to be in. Uh, he's got Justin Dieter, Brett Nylon, Jonah Meinheim, and all those guys have been on him. They pushed him, and they really set a good example for him. I give Mason credit. He's followed. Um, and it, it goes on to the, the mentorship that he was that he that he was uh, alluding to. Um, early, you know, I, I guess fall camp, maybe even going back into the spring. Uh, the older guys, you know, they're going to take the younger guys under their wing and make sure they're 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 following the right path and and doing things the right way. I want to emphasize that. Uh, if you remember, I uh, well, if you haven't, um, I used to write a, uh, I called them the Lincoln's Laws, going back into spring camp and fall camp. That if one guy messed up, late for practice, a meal, whatever, the entire team paid the price. Well, this is how you nip that in the bud. So you have players like Jonah Monheim and Justin Dietrich, who you know they were originally paired up. Uh, to lift with somebody else. Well, they took it upon themselves to make sure they were with Mason Murphy in the weight room. So they adjusted their schedules to, to be with this guy. Um, quote, Riley said, he was in a different group and he ended up just switching over to work with Mason every day. He's referring to, J to Jonah Monheim, kind of taking him under his wing. And so Jonah explained on Tuesday that um, and then the same thing goes for conditioning, school, and accountability, what I was just talking about. We're all just trying to get him on get on him every day to do the right things, to take each day at a time and improve every day. It's obviously paying off, right? Started for the very first time at right tackle on the road. Um, Jonah went on to say, it's definitely taken some time and some tough love out of that room. Um, actually, that was Riley who said that. Uh, and Monheim actually shared the same same comments um, regarding Mason. If he does everything the right way, uh, he said the sky's the limit for him. Now, I have a really unique perspective with Mason. I've watched him uh, literally go from high school. I watched him in high school, but I also watched him uh, with Giant Skills, which is a... Uh, you know, off season. It's not seven on seven, obviously, but it's for offensive offensive linemen, defensive linemen, 
um, where they work on their skill set. Mason has always been one of the biggest, strongest kids in the room. So it's, life has always been easy for him. And he's learning at USC. Things aren't always going to be as easy as they were. So now he's got the people working with him, behind him, pushing him, showing him that tough brotherly love. And I said it on the last episode. If Mason continues to uh, develop and just listen to the, to the guys who want to help him get there, Sky's the limit for this guy. He will be a first-round draft pick. Just, he just has to stay linked in and do his job. Speaking of LinkedIn and doing your job, you should head on over to LinkedIn.com because these days every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check in, check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So what you want to do is you want to head on over there, and then you're going to add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. So, um, again, I, I want to thank everyone for making uh, Locked on USC your first listen today. For your second listen today, do me a favor. Go check out Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with your local experts and insights only Locked on can provide. Locked on Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So today, the first playoff college football playoff poll was released. Uh, today being Tuesday, November 1st, you're watching this episode of Locked on USC on Wednesday, your first listen. So let me go, let me, I'm going to break it down for you real quick. Here's your first top 25 CFP. At number one, Tennessee. They've got the best resume right now. I've got zero issue with that. Number two, Ohio State. Not sure who they played, but they've looked very impressive. So, again, I've got zero issue. They're beating everybody to a pulp. Georgia, number three, no problem. Clemson, number four. They jumped Michigan, um, who is number five. Number six, Alabama, right ahead of Number seven, TCU. Here's where the Pac-10 starts to get involved. Oregon, number eight. Your USC Trojans, number nine. And number 10, LSU. Dramatic pause for a reason. We'll get there in a second. Uh, Number 11, Ole Miss. Number 12, that school across town called UCLA. 13, Kansas State. 14, Utah. Thought Utah beat UCLA. Okay. Excuse me. Yeah, I don't. Whatever. UCLA. Um, 
You got UCLA at seven one, Kansas State six and two, Utah six and two at number fourteen. Fifteen Penn State. You've got number seventeen North Carolina. Number eighteen Oklahoma State. Number nineteen Tulane. Twenty Syracuse. 21, Wake Forest, 22, North Carolina State, Oregon State at 23, 24 is Texas, 25 is UCF. So you have UCLA beating Utah and USC losing to Utah by a point on the road. Meanwhile, you you have USC at number nine, UCLA at number 12. You want to know why this poll doesn't matter? This is what Lincoln Riley had to say. He made his thoughts very clear. It's the first CFP poll. It means nothing. And he, quote, I don't even look at them. I don't. Ask all my friends back in Oklahoma. I don't care about them. Most of the time, I don't even know what they are because it doesn't matter right now. It does not matter one bit. You go be ranked, whatever, but you go and lose. They don't matter. You keep winning. It takes care of itself. It matters none. I spend not 1% of my energy, brain power, attention on it. I could not care less. I, I care about it at one time, and that's at the last one. That's all that matters. Makes a great point. I mean, I, the dramatic pause. LSU at number 10? Are you kidding me? In what college football world have they looked good this year? I just, I don't get it, man. Um, whatever. Uh, again, you've got Alabama at 7-1 ahead of TCU. Are they looking at who, how Alabama lost, who they played? I mean, TCU is still undefeated. They've got a pretty good resume. Um, why is Clemson ahead of Michigan? Again, Lincoln Riley said it. He doesn't care. This is the first one. If USC keeps winning... I think everything's going to shake itself out. They're in a good they're in a good spot right now. You've got teams ahead of them that are going to play each other, and they're going to have to knock each other down. Um, Oregon, uh, they could lose before they even get to the conference championship game if they get to the conference championship game. So who knows? We'll see. Right, long ways to go. Long way to go. You can bet on that. Yeah, you saw that one coming. So betonline.net is your number one source for your betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Reminder, USC basketball takes on Florida Gulf Coast next Monday the 7th. Get out there to Galen Center, support the team. And you can also find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. They've got the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head on over to the website today or your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right. So, final segment here of this show. And... I'm starting to get a little irritated. I, I'm going to be real honest here. We're heading in. We don't like to talk about politics, but I'm just going to use this to kind of set set the tone. There's a narrative being played out here. 
and both both sides of the aisle like to do this. They like to get out their message. The other side likes to get out their message. But you like to hear people use their own words. Well, looks like uh, Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov is going to use the Oregonian's John Canzano as his foil uh, to get his message out there. So John Canzano apparently four months ago asked Bill Walton his thoughts um, on USC and UCLA moving to the Big Ten. And Bill needed four months to think about it before he could answer. Just coincidentally, his he, he came out with a, he wrote a letter. And I'm not going to read you the entire letter, but... Uh, the words are in, the, the wording is very interesting. He's definitely shilling for George because um, they're both using the the same narrative. Remember, I we I read a part of my episode one of my episodes last week. Uh, I talked about how uh, George said he's talked to to people within the USC and UCLA communities, and nobody likes the move. And I called BS on it because I talked to quite a lot of people in. Nobody's nobody's hearing these words, but however, all of a sudden, it's come. They're 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 coming out of the woodwork. They're coming out of the woodwork. So um, again, they're using the same narrative and they're using the same words. So you know, Bill, if you're going to, you know, parrot the same message from George, at least you know. Try and sound like you thought about it on your own. And again, may, maybe throw in a uh, conference of champions in your letter. You, you left it out. Not one time did you mention the conference of champions. So here's the part that I'm gonna that I'm gonna read and emphasize. I went to UCLA gladly, willingly, and proudly. It was my dream. That dream never included the Big Ten. I have spoken to no one other than the highest level directors of athletics at UCLA, who think that this proposed move to the Big Ten is a good idea. Every argument made by these senior ADs and why they like it is about the money. These same proponents of moving to the Big Ten are the first people I have ever encountered in my life who have claimed economic hardship and limitations in Los Angeles and that the solution lies in the Midwest. I have made my feelings known privately to the powers that be in the state of California, including the UC's Board of Regents. My hope and dream is that this proposed move by UCLA, my alma mater, will be rescinded. Bill Walton, UCLA, 1974. I'm sorry. This bowl of caca has got to stop, like I said. The Big 12 recently uh, just, I guess, is, uh, they've got their media rights deal in place. The Pac-12, or the, let's just call it the Pac-10, looking for two more, uh, is still trying to get their new TV rights deal in place. They're being left in the dust. And now they're trying to, you know, circle the wagons. And they're doing a terrible job. I can't wait to see who who George pulls out next to, to remind everybody that nobody from USC and UCLA wants to do this. I imagine since we just had somebody, a UCLA representative speak, 
the next message that comes out. And we'll see if John Canzano prints a letter from this player or representative, if it'll be from USC. We'll find out together. Until then, you know what to do.